Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Podcast. I got the fellas in the house. First off, you could have been anywhere in the world this evening, but you're here with us. And we'd like to thank you for your patronage. Uh, allow me to get into your proceedings this evening. Before we get into everything we got going on for y'all, I must introduce the rest of the Renegades, what we are known worldwide as the illustrious three man booth. To my right, I got my man, D. Wills. Holler at the people. 
Man, I'm feeling good. Uh, you know, it's just it's always good. Tuesday nights, man, it's like it's like that 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 weekly family reunion. I just got a warm feeling right now. I'm I'm ready to just ride with y'all. You know, it's a crisp fall day in Wisconsin. Hoodie weather. Yes. My favorite. Loving it. Uh, you know, it's a little rainy, a little gray. It's fall. You know, the hit is a hint of winter in the air. You know, so get, get a little warm and fuzzy, man. You start thinking about Thanksgiving and Halloween right around the corner. So I feel you, man. I'm 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 warming up for the season. I'm feeling good about fall, man. To my left, I got my man, 100 grand, Phil T. Sports PhD. What's happening, Captain? I got my mind made up. Come on, get it, get into. Let's ride. Uh, Devon, are you sitting down right now? I'm, I'm sitting down. I've got some excellent news I've already shared with Marcus. Excellent, excellent news. I got to ask you, are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. Are you ready? I'm ready. There are rumors swirling. That the wire okay. might come back for a sixth season. Oh, they did the they wire. should have done it. Oh, the critically acclaimed. Oh, I was at the marathon. Natural police. Okay. Natural police. <laughs> uh just just an update, fellas. I finished up season three. Hmm. I finished up season three. Um, yeah. Oh, Stringer Bell. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Oh, hey, we, got, we got a spot for you in the rundown to rap about that. We got a spot for you in the rundown to, to share with some of the folks uh, season three. Because season three is probably the illest season. I love season four. Season four kind of hits home with me. Cause there's some elements to it that I really relate to. But season three is probably just the straight raw season of The Wire. Playing them away, games. So, good stuff. <laughs> Playing them away, games. <laughs> so much. There's so, so many classic quotes, man. It's such a well-written show. Now, I was a little bittersweet on the news about it coming back, man, because for me it's one of those things where it was perfect. It, to yeah. me, this is the perfect show. And I'm like, ugh, then the, okay, if it's coming back, it's got, like, uh, I'm like, it's like, you know, it's like if Jay Z came like out with Jordan a reasonable back. doubt too. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's like, like if Jay Z came like out with a reasonable doubt too. If you go call it reasonable <laughs> doubt two, now you immediately put it in contrast with reasonable doubt one. And well, <laughs> I mean so the blueprint. KRS One already made a joint called the blueprint, but Jay Jay came in and knocked <laughs> it out the park. But then the blueprint two. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? Then Blueprint 2 came out and it was like, what is this? Was there a Blueprint you know, really 3? Was, uh, yes, there was a Blueprint 3, which was, uh, it was, it was a happy medium between the two. Wasn't as yeah. hard as Blueprint 1, was yeah. not as bad yeah. as Blueprint 2. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a different redemption, but. Two, was that the gift and the curse, Blueprint, like Blueprint 2? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, I think that was, was one of long. his worst albums. <laughs> right. It might be. It might be worse. It might be worse. 
This is too much. Worse. You know, who's eight out of ten to eleven joints? Kingdom Come. Whew. Oh, those who are. Let me let me let me pause for a second. Yeah, those two are at the bottom of my of any of Jay Z's top albums list for me. Those two are yeah. at the bottom. I mean, those are bottom yeah. shelf. You know, they still kill about eighty percent of everybody else as far as an album goes. But his standard is just it's, it's, it's a twenty it's a twenty five and five game for Jordan. You know, right? Anybody else does that, and that's 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 awesome. But when Mike is giving you that, something's wrong. So. Yeah, against the hapless kings. You know, that's what it is. was just an ordinary silly night. But, you know. The Will for the Yubi, he went with hapless. <laughs> the hapless kings. I, I got the Hubie Brown dictionary of basketball phrases right there, hapless. <laughs> uh, Commission, now that I got your attention, uh, what is the fantasy basketball draft? Uh, you know, I've been oh, it's on the calendar, man. I think it's October 29th. I want to say it's October 29th. That's um, open night, I'm man. Still waiting on, I'm still waiting on what's the 28th, and it's, it's right at the, it's right at the, at the bank. It's right there That'll the night work. before the season opens. That'll work. Um, but what I was telling my man, I'm, I'm waiting on my man D. Wills and R.J. Page to get in. Wow. Uh, you, you, I, I, I need to, I need to be the ante up. You know, I, I've, I, I, I've been on alert the last couple of weeks uh, in my um, wearing my other hat. Uh, so right, right, I'm right, right. Focused. The other, other hat. Yeah, yeah. The vibe is behind the eight ball. I called his. I called Devon earlier this week, and his voicemail said, uh, "Voicemail is feel full, Phil. Please call him. It's been full for thirty two days." Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what the voicemail told me. <laughs> hey, you know, we, we are, we are, man. Yeah, when you try to move product, man, it's just it's tough, boy. You, 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 you got you got you got Carcetti, you got the whole thing. They got us on Comstat. Yeah, you standing up there, you can't come up there with your stuff not right. Yeah, you know, right. they looking at they looking at your statistics. You know, I'm trying to work on hamster dance. Uh, hey, you yes, know what I'm saying? I get it now. You're juking I get the numbers. Yes. You're juking the numbers. Juking the numbers. <laughs> What are you doing, buddy? He was. What you say? Yeah. You gotta sit him down and say, "Yo, man, I'm just, I'm just a gangster, I suppose." <laughs> <laughs> I want my corner. <laughs> hey, as you can tell, yeah. as you can tell, this show is gonna be full of wire references, and and from yeah. now going forward, because now we're all three, we're all three in deep, and we're some quoting fools when it comes to quoting movies. Rap songs, television shows, cartoons, whatever you, whatever you, whatever's worth quoting. You know, anybody that's known us for an extended period of time, knowing we are uh, the, the quote kings, we'll drop quotes always appropriately, of course. But we'll drop quotes at any given moment. You know, and, and only the other cats in the room that know us will know what's going on. And you'll see us snickering in the background. And again, if you know any of us, you had you had an experience with us where we've dropped a quote, and a couple of the cats get it, and you know, we just kind of get that nod and like, yeah. You with me, bro. I have another announcement. Run with it. Uh, this is news for you guys, too. Just got Eric Hamilton signed up for the next Fantasy Cypher. It'll be coming out next Wednesday. So got that contract signed. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back in the studio here in a couple of days. You there, brother? 
he got excited about it. He must have got a fantasy tip. He's trying to go and yeah. change his lineup. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we got to check in and see if he's winning his league this year. You know how PAT does with the bragging. This cat is the Yasiel Puig of fantasy uh, fantasy sports. <laughs> Brother just be prematurely bragging, you know. Ball ain't going on the park yet. He's celebrating already. But we have a slamming show lined up for you all. You know, this is no 40-degree day radio. How about that? <laughs> Another wire reference for you out there. No 40-degree day radio right now. So what we have in store for you, this is the portion of the show we call the intro to let them know. I'm going to run through quickly everything we have in store for you tonight, uh, give you a quick rundown of some of the topics we hope to cover. If we get to everything, then we do. If we don't get to everything, then we don't. And it's like that around here. You listen to the Real Sports Guys, Real Sports Guys Radio, uh, realsportsguys.com, RSG, Renegade Radio. Tonight's show, we're going to talk about the top seven coaching jobs in college football during the funky editorial. Uh, we're going to give you our bottom three of our top seven. So, Stay tuned for that. We'll also kind of lay out, each of us will lay out our criteria for how we pick schools. We're going to dig in and, and dig into NFL, the NFL action of week six, recap the games from our six in the chamber, uh, update the six in the chamber standings. We pick six games every week, four NFL, two college. So we're going to update you on where we are with those, give you our new intel, that new information coming across the, the RSG desk. What do we now know about the NFL? Drop our impressive performance on you, then hit you with a new six in the chamber for week seven. All right? Then we're going to transition into our five on the black hand side, where we're going to give you a, a plethora of topics uh, that we're going to cover. Uh, might hit you up with Drake's new album, give you some perspective on that. Uh, give some wire season three highlights from PhD. Talk about Jadavian Clowney. And, and his stock right now and where it is and where he projects going forward as an NFL prospect. Uh, MLB playoffs, of course, we're going to touch on that. And then we're going to hit you off with some NCAA football. Talking about the BCS standards are going to be coming out soon. What, Who outside the SEC is going to fill one of those spots? We all know the SEC is going to have a squad in. <laughs> That's just the way the BCS works. All right, the SEC is going to have a spot in the BCS title game. We're going to see who else. Uh, might slide into that second spot, uh, whether it's Oregon, uh, Clemson, or Ohio State, or somebody else. Do we have any? That's not even on our radar right now. So we're gonna get into all of that tonight. Again, hang on. We got 90 minutes of funk for you. We're gonna jump in it, jump into it right now with the funky editorial. Let's go. Fellas, the one thing we need to say. Shall we say it, y'all? Melvin, Jimmy, Coleman, Ryan, say it. Everybody want to get funky one more time. This is this here, the Funky Editorial. We are going to break down our top seven coaching jobs in college football. Now, before, and tonight we're going to give you our bottom three, seven, six, and five of each of our lists. Now, before we get into that, first, let's talk about some of the criteria that we chose to, to choose, that we chose to use to kind of create our list. I'm going to start with my man, D. Wills. D. Wills, can you tell me a little bit about your process? You know, he has these these, these processes and this betting system that he goes through <laughs> anytime we do a list. Can you explain that to us, D. Wills? Let us behind the curtain. 
Well, you know, what I tried to look at, and I'm glad we're talking about how this, and this, you know, I had to really start to build my filter. And I started with a, a, a couple of things I think are, are, are important. Uh, I looked at the element of tradition. Um, and tradition, uh, if it's well couched, um, provides you access to things that other folks can't get access to. It allows you to recover in ways that you can leverage and so that has to be a factor. Recruiting history, your ability to to attract the talent you need to succeed. To succeed. And, I, and I didn't say top talent because some of the teams that I'm, I'm having here that are great jobs, um, they have a way in which they recruit that allows for them to compete, but they might not, some of them might not necessarily be, uh, well, at least some of, some of that just sitting on the outside of my top my top seven, um, might not necessarily always rank in the top five in recruiting, but they can still win. They understand who they are. Realistic expectations from fans. This is an important feature to me about having a quality coaching job. And reality, realistic ex- expectations from experts, whether it's local media and other folks, about what that job means and what uh, success in that job means. And the other thing I think is important is facilities, kind of budget, and that whole kind of thing that you can sell. So those are some of the things that I brought into my equation when putting together my top jobs. Okay. All right. Now, you know, you talked about the uh, realistic fan expectations. Why don't you dig into that a little bit more? What were you, what were you thinking about? What, 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 sparked you, what sparked you to go in that direction? Let me let me let me take a job that most people would have in their top seven that I don't have in my top seven. Let's take Notre Dame. Mm. Mm. You, you know the the, the fans and they've had some success in recent years, but they don't really. I mean, the expectations at Notre Dame based on where they can actually compete from year to year. I mean, Notre Dame's got expectations like Alabama fans. They know we're near Alabama, and on um, change of day, you, you saw the difference. So, you know, part of that to me is not, you know, it's ranked always as a top job, but when you put all the factors together, you know, you know, being in the middle of, you know, Indiana, I'm not going to knock my people in the Midwest, uh, you know, living on 1980s, 90s kind of expectation, and if you really want to go back to 1940s, in a way that doesn't realize who you can actually go after, um, they've had some success in recent years, but it's not a, a sustainable model given who they are, right? Uh, and so I think Notre Dame is is a great example of not that you shouldn't have expectations, but their expectations are like their USC, and they're, and they're not. Their expectations should be we can compete every four years probably for a national championship, but not every year, right? But fans at Notre Dame, I think, think they can compete every year. Okay, all right. I want to shift gears, PhD. I want I want to bring you in, and I want you to talk about kind of your criteria as you develop your list. Uh, what what were some of the key factors you considered? Location. Um, the well, first of all, history. History did play. I would say, you know, when I broke down my criteria, history was about twenty to twenty five percent. And when I started my rankings, I only had it at 10%. 
but listening to Devon's rationale and, and also just kind of thinking through it the past two weeks, I've bumped it up to 20 to 25% in the three iterations that I did. Um, the, the thing that carried the most weight was location and fertile recruiting ground. Um, and the the thing about location that goes with the fertile recruiting ground is what other big dogs do you have to compete with? So, for example, if you look at Wisconsin, Wisconsin is it in the state of Wisconsin in terms of Division One football. It is. And they're also probably the biggest draw to kids that grow up in um, some of the other states nearby, such as the Dakotas, um, some could argue Minnesota, where, you know, they're kind of the place to go, even though those schools, in Minnesota's case, um, you know, does have a Division One football program. Uh, but Wisconsin didn't make my top seven because I don't see Wisconsin as a top five to seven state in terms of high school football talent. But other schools in my top seven do have that, um, and they have limited, if if no real competition, in terms of in-state rivals. So, so those are the things that really went um, into my criteria. The other thing I would say... So so those three recruiting things took up about 60% of it. The remaining 20 like 10 to 20% came into play was pressure and patience of the base. Um if you're at certain places, I either ranked pretty low or had them out when with uh, in situations in which the recruiting uh the alumni base and the fan base is just unrealistic. They're living on the past, they're expecting you know, to you, you to win ten games every year, even though you're not who you are. <clears throat> you know, once were Notre Dame, um, and I think those are really tough jobs. And for those reasons, I think uh, some people just don't want to be involved with it. Okay, excellent criteria. Excellent criteria. I'll drop my criteria real quick, and then we're gonna get into our bottom seven. Um, very similar to you guys, um, I would say. You know, climate. And when I mean climate, I mean fan expectations, um, the the atmosphere around the program, um, with fan expectations, kind of the buzz of the program. Uh, location was real important. I also uh, brought into a conference. As we move towards this playoff system, I think every every Power Six conference is not created equally, and I think there are some better situations than others where if you're in this deal, you have a better chance of putting yourself in position to, to possibly get one of the seeds into the new playoff system or play for a national championship on the year 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 in and year out. Um resources of course, all those the all the uh the trimmings that come along with uh, a class A football program, you know, facilities, stadium, you know, all those other things, all the bells and whistles that you look for. And then brand. That's something that I really considered is, you know, with we're talking about the decision making process of sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old kids, brand is major right now. You know, brand is really important as to how you've branded your program and, and what you've looked for. You know, how how do you sell your program to to, to a young kid? Um, so those are some of the things, you know, recruiting low, recruiting ground or, or, you know, you call it fertile, having access to a fertile recruiting ground or a hotbed um, is something I also looked at. So I'm going to start, start us off and give my bottom three. Um, at number seven, I have Florida State. Um, right now, I think Florida State is in a great position being in the ACC. 
um, Miami's building, but Miami's not Miami. It's not the U right now. And so Florida State is kind of the flagship program along with Clemson in the ACC. But the reason I chose Florida State um, is because of history and tradition, um, great facilities, uh, and the access to Florida, uh, which we know Florida, Texas, Cali, that, that that's the holy grail right there of football recruiting. You know, you mine those areas and you, you can come away with, you know, the, the, the backups in Florida, Texas, and Cali are going to sun, you know, the starters in other states. So uh, Florida State is, is coming in number seven for me. Number six on my list, I have Alabama. Um, and what knocked Alabama back for me on my list, it's a great program, great facilities, great tradition, but the expectations. Um, if you look at the history of Alabama coaches, it's either you win big or you flame out. There's really not a whole lot in between. Um, there's really not a whole lot of, of of tolerance for mediocrity, which is fine, but that also means that, you know, you're in the toughest conference in the country, and there are going to be times where you fall back to the pack. Right now, they're out in front. They're the hot name in that league, but for a minute, Florida was a hot name for, for four or five years. Before that, LSU was the hot name for four or five years. So it switches. You know, who, who knows a, tennis, a program like Tennessee will ever come back. That's a tough league to win in year in and year out, but the expectation of Alabama is that they're going to do that. So that's why I have them at number six, because I think the, the expectations of, the, of that job can sometimes get to that unrealistic point, because football is life. College football is life in that state. There is, uh, there's no pro team. There's no, no professional sports, period. So, you know, the, the tide are the big show. Um, and the Auburn Tigers, you know, I think they would probably be 1A in that state, but the tide are the big show. And and because of that, you know, every everything you do gets scrutinized, every move you make, every recruit you don't get, people are talking about. So that's my number six job. My number five job is USC, uh, University of Southern California. Uh, this has location, access to federal recruiting grounds, Great facilities, great history, and they come. And, and the only thing that I think holds USC back, and I, the only reason I don't have them higher, is because of the conference that they play in. That the Pac-12 is becoming a a bear of a conference right now. Um, when you talk about Oregon, University of Washington is coming back, um, resurrecting themselves. Arizona State can be a, a solid. UCLA is, is coming back. Um, Stanford has established themselves as a power. Oregon is a beast. So, again, that, that whole situation as far as continuing to be able to win going forward, you know, as, you're, as, a, as a potential coach, that's something that I think you really want to consider is what are my chances of really being able to kind of year in, year out, put myself in the conversation. Um, having those other teams in your conference definitely boosts the status of your conference, but it also makes it really difficult to come out with one or two losses in a given season. So that's why I have USC at number five. Um, any questions, qualms, uh, issues around my list from the other <laughs> two-thirds of the illustrious three-man booth? Um, I, I would say that um, yeah, I can't get, I'll get my list together. But I think, I think I understand what you said about USC in Alabama, uh, but I, I think um, – that has a lot to do 
and I'll talk about this more later, with who you, you got you to gotta, uh, hire somebody who's used to driving, riding thoroughbreds. And where they made mistakes is when they hire people who are used to uh, uh, driving buggies. And everything that been right. first they hired, everybody around them knew that was a buggy driver, but the people who hired them. But whenever they've ever right. hired a thoroughbred driver, they've dominated um, in master aspects. So a lot of it has to do with uh, uh, that program has, has less to do with who the coach is. It's, it's about people forgetting the kind of coach they need to win in those programs versus some other situations that I probably would have uh, equally agreed with you uh, about that most people might have these programs as high jobs, but for all the things I said, they, they're not. But those two programs are programs that I might have had a little higher, even given all all that you said. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, any any other criticisms? Uh, the, the, the Florida State one, we're going to probably be about the same thing. I, I agree with you on Florida State. Okay, all right. I want I want to bring in pull in PhD and let's get your bottom three, bro. So honorable mention, um, Michigan and Nebraska were my honorable mentions. They were the ones that were on the outside looking in. And I had a really hard time, but I grew up a Michigan fan. It was painful. I was thinking about it all day yesterday. Well, not really. I thought about it for two or three minutes. But I, I felt a little guilty. <laughs> I felt a little guilty, but... You know, I'm trying to be as objective as possible, and unfortunately they just don't have it what they had in the 80s and 90s. So number seven, and I may shock the world with this one, Boise State. I think however however long my list was, 7, 10, 15, 20, Boise State was going to be the last team on that list. And I feel that any list, should include, or at least any list of mine, is going to include a homer, um, some kind of a, anomaly. And the reason I think that Boise job, uh, Boise State is, is one of the top jobs in the country is because um, Chris Peterson has, he has created this program where before he got there, um, they were just, you know, vying to try to win their conference each year. Um, just trying to be relevant in their conference. And he found a way to find kids to come to Boise, Idaho. Um, You know, he's getting three, four-star recruits every year. And these are things that teams of the Big Ten, you know, that that aren't your traditional powers, have struggled with. These are teams in the Pac-10 have struggled with. And... um, I think the other part of this job is kind of what Brad Stevens had at Butler, that the the expectations of your fan base are a lot more realistic. Um, sure, you may not be making 5 or $6 million a year like Nick Saban is, but you're making $2 million a year at Boise State. Um, now, every college football job has pressure, but relative um, – I see it as a dream job, and I think that's one of the reasons why he hasn't left for greener greener pastures yet. I mean, we'll see how much longer he can hold off. Number six, again, might shock the world here, but it's Penn State. Mm. That is a shock. (laughs) Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. Obviously, they 
have went through, um, <laughs> to say the least, hard times in the last couple of years of the Jerry Sandusky um, situation, the cover-up, and everything else. Um, but <laughs> that's not the first thing you think of when you hear about Penn State now. Um, regardless if you're at an academic conference, if you're talking to somebody who said they went to Penn State, during that whole fiasco, Penn State football did not even have to be mentioned. But that was the thing you thought about. We're only a few years removed. I believe this is only the second full season that this, you know, since this has happened, like come to light. And for the most part, this is kind of off the radar. It's no longer um, a story in sport um, in terms of it. You hear Penn State and you automatically think about that situation. Um, you know, obviously the situation is still very relevant, um, but to me that tells me only being two years removed that they're going to be back, um, you know, in terms of recruiting top classes pretty soon. I mean, they had a really good class this past year. And, you know, the reason I think Penn State was always very competitive during the paternal years, well, one of the reasons is their location. Pennsylvania consensus, you know, I mean, the consensus of high school football in Pennsylvania is top five in the country. They own that state in terms of recruiting. Um, Pittsburgh has become more relevant, but they're still little brother in terms of recruiting in that state. And if you look at powerful East Coast, Northeast football programs, they're it. They are it. So if you have a kid who wants to stay close to home and they're from the East Coast or or Pennsylvania, um, Penn State has the inside track almost in every situation. So for that reason, I think Penn State is, is one of the top seven jobs in the country. Number five, Alabama. And for all the reasons you mentioned, Marcus, is the reason why a school like Alabama isn't at the top of my list. I believe that the expectations for them – they're they're just off the chart. For the most part during my lifetime, Alabama has not been a powerhouse. But the expectation for Alabama to be a powerhouse has always been there. And so during the years where you're going eight and three, seven and four, um, nine and three, that was not enough for their fan base. That it just wasn't. And I don't see Alabama the the state of Alabama as being a huge talent area in terms of high school football. Great high school football there. You know, they have a lot of talent there, but they're always bucking head with Auburn for those kids. Maybe not now because of what Alabama's doing, three championships the last four years, but I don't think that – I mean, obviously that's not going to continue. And I think once they cool off of the national scene, they're going to have a tougher time recruiting all the South like they're doing. So that's my bottom seven. Boise State at seven, Penn State at six, Alabama at five. The other reason I'll say, the, the last thing about reason about Alabama is that's not a job I'd want to walk into with Bear Bryant being there, with Nick Saban being there. You know, we had Bill Curry on the program a year or two ago, and he talked briefly about that, you know, just, just, just how tough it was to be at Alabama when your name was not Bear Bryant. So it's a... Uh, <laughs> I think that's a tough job to have when you don't come in and win right away. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think when you follow a great coach, 
it's 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 really tough. Um because anything that you want to do different than that last guy is gonna get questioned and people are gonna say, Well, we did it that way and we won and now you want us to do it different <laughs> You know, like that way works. Bear Bryant's way, Nick Saban's way works. So don't come in here upset the apple cart, you know. So I, I think that I agree with you. I think that makes it tough. The one that that kind of gets me, that you know is, for me is Boise. Um, I like the part about like Chris Peterson can stay in Boise as long as he wants to. I think for any coach, job security is probably one of the most important things when you're thinking about a job. It's probably one of the most important things. I think that <coughs> Boise that it was a hot name for a while, but I don't know if as a program. It, it, it's a hot program. Chris Peterson made that program. Uh, it's very similar to, you know, some of the basketball coaches who have taken programs and who that were nothing and build them up to a brand. But now, if, if Chris Peterson leaves, it, it, I have a hard time believing Boise has a system in place to continue to have the same kind of success that it's had if that name coach bucks. If he leaves town, the Boise has the infrastructure, the, the the culture, the climate, the the recruiting connections to continue to win. Um, that's why I consider Boise as an honorable mention, um, just because their brand is so strong. Um, but that was one of the things that that kind of kept them off my list. Was that I kind of felt that, you know, it was very that their success was very coach dependent. Like they got the right guy at the right time, and they were the right program, and he was able to grab a hold of that branded and really sell it to kids, whereas I don't know if there are a lot of people who can do that. The thing about boys is that they they have the underdog label, and you always have people pulling for the little guy. Now, 18-year-old kids trying to decide where they're going to go to school at, that probably doesn't hold a lot of weight. But when you think about the community support and the regional support, and if you are a person who values security but still has that, like you still need your ego to be stroked. You still need to be treated like a Nick Saban, like a god. But at the same time, um, (laughs) have have perspective to know that you – value job security more than, you know, getting the job at Alabama. I think it's a good fit. It really is, especially if you want to be somewhere for a while. Um, But at the same time, you probably won't be – I think the – like we've seen the ceiling for Boise State in terms of being competitive for a national championship. And if you're not okay with that as a coach, it's probably not the best job for you. Agreed. And I think I think that's where my I don't I don't I don't know if it's you know a sustainable model. They're like a person who put out a good album, but I don't know if they're here for the long run. <laughs> and so and, and the people who are going to go for that job are now at North Dakota State, right? And so I, I don't know, you know, if you leave Virginia. You know, people can make it. Virginia might be a better job than Boise, and so that part I think it's a good situation for the right person. But I don't know if it's 
one of those top jobs. That's what the, the problem I probably have the one is the Penn State one. <laughs> the one I'm with. But I don't know if Penn State a top is a top three job in the Big Ten. You know, I, the argument in the Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio State. I mean, I think those are all. You think about facilities, and it's about who you recruit. Do you have a model for winning? Michigan has been in the top five in recruiting forever. You know, they had their lean years with Rodriguez. They got all, they got everything you need. They can go into Pennsylvania and out recruit Penn State. They have, That'll be my biggest you know, so, argument. That'll yeah, be my so, biggest I mean, argument why Michigan is not a, like a big time job because they are, are they are always in the top five, but for some reason they never get it done. But, but, but again, that goes, that goes back to expectations. At Michigan, if you win the Big Ten championship, compete for a national championship, people are asking you to be Alabama and Michigan. They're not asking you to do that. If you just compete for the Big Ten, the both have won a national championship, and he, they love him. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we'd love Bo in 2013 if his career started now and he did what he did over the course of 20 years. I think Penn Michigan. State in five years. I'll give it to you right now. Yes, they may not be the the you know the second or third best job in the Big Ten. But in five years, I think they will be. I think they will be okay. back on a national stage. That's questionable. I, I, I'm very quick. That's very quick. Penn State is very questionable. I don't put it over Ohio State. I wouldn't put it over Wisconsin. But I, I, it's your list. I don't know if I put it over Michigan State. <laughs> today? Today or in five today. years? In five years, states be competing. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I love Penn State. I think they got a great thing. I, I think their fans are sometimes the most unrealistic. I think the, thing about, the thing about Michigan is if Michigan was located where Penn State is, uh, first of all, they wouldn't be called Michigan. I get that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> just put that on out there. I don't call yeah, it the yeah, yeah. people listen to the podcast. But right. if everything was constant, if everything was the same, and they didn't have to compete with Notre Dame for recruiting. They didn't have to recruit with Michigan State and State. They didn't have to recruit with Ohio State. Um, Michigan is no longer a national winning. Man. Like, like they're no longer winning national recruiting, and they're no longer winning in-state and regional recruiting. They're not. They're not. They're winning that right now. They they inserted a new coach, and they're already – the top five in recruiting. They're winning battles already right now. I mean, it, but, the, the, but the fan base, the fan base isn't going to kill them if they don't win a national championship every year. Yeah. Brady just, Hope I, won't be I, there. If Brady has the same years that he's had his past three, for the next three, he won't be there. But, but how is that different? He, he won 11 straight games. How is that different in Penn State fans? And I think his his real he's realistically got a chance to do that more than I, I would say Penn State. Especially with Ohio this State. is the angle this is the angle I take with Penn State is saying that because Penn State is where it is, you're gonna get a longer lease as a coach. So if this job opens up, you want to take it because they're gonna give you time. They're glad to have somebody at Penn State because of where they've been the last couple of years. So you're gonna have time yeah. as a coach. That's, that, I mean, that's, there's some security in that that they're gonna work with you. They're gonna help you build it up because they know some of the uh, some of the uh, restraints you're gonna be working under. Who so signed before, up when that job opened up? 
People ran nobody, the other way. Nobody, because nobody yeah. wanted to be the guy after Paterno, and nobody wanted to be the guy to, to guide them through the scandal. That's why I say in five yeah, yeah. years, I think that but, they'll be okay. Now, but before Paterno retired, that, that wasn't a top job. Penn State was like Notre Dame in my mind sometimes. I'm just talking before he retired. So let me ask you. The five years before Paterno retired, did you see Penn State as a top 20 program, a top 20 job? I saw them as, as, as a top 20 job, maybe right around the bottom bottom part of that 20, because that's their expectations like Notre Dame. They're the independent. They were smart enough to decide to get into a conference, but they people they had unrealistic expectations. I just felt like Penn State fans did, but maybe I'm, I might be missing, so I'm leaving it alone. But that's Penn I would say this. I would say this. I would have had them as a top five program, or not top five, but a top twenty program. I, I would have them yeah. there for sure, a top twenty for sure, easy. Yeah, that, that that's an easy that's an easy call for me. Um, top seven is debatable, and, we, and that's obviously what we're doing. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'll leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure is, I'm going to stretch some nerves. You know, Captain Obvious, my man. I had to go Captain Obvious right. for a second. My fault. Let me check before I start getting a ton of texts and, and emails tomorrow. Uh, Michigan, Michigan probably is winning in state. They probably are winning in state. But it's not like 20 years ago where they were getting, you know, if they targeted the, the top 10 kids in Michigan, that they were getting eight or nine of them. I think now they might be getting four, like five or six of them. In Michigan State, are you know are, are getting the rest in terms of the top kids in Michigan that stay in state. You know, I think it's a lot closer to fifty-fifty than it was fifteen years ago between Michigan State and Michigan. But yes, Michigan is probably still winning over Michigan State in terms of in-state recruiting. But I would say on a regional standpoint, um, they're losing out to Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's philosophy, <laughs> if you look what what Kelly has done, because think about it, Kelly was at Cincinnati before that he was at. Uh, Grand Valley State, which is Division Two power in Michigan, around Grand Rapids. Kelly has not taken a national approach to recruiting. He has tried to win. Yes, he has got some kids, you know, nationally not in the Midwest, but for the most part, he has focused his recruit his recruiting in the Midwest. He's been freezing out some of these other schools. Man, uh, Michigan, in my opinion, is losing sometimes to Michigan State in recruiting. Um, I think right now the the vast majority of the time they're losing to Notre Dame and they're losing to Ohio State. You know why? Because their country is a play. They're number six right now. They're number six right now. Notre Dame's 12. They've been in the top because they recruit nationally. They don't, they don't have to just win battles in Michigan. They win them in California. They win them in Texas. They won them in I mean – there are certain teams that they're recruiting is a national recruiting. They play where they need to play, but they get the best talent they can get. Look at the number of top twenty, top, I mean top hundred players they get. They're they're in they're in the top that number six right now. I think Michigan will always do well in recruiting because even when you lose to Notre Dame and you lose to Ohio State, you still beat ninety five percent of the country. I mean, I'll give you that. I think it, Michigan is. But Notre Dame's number twelve. Ohio State number nine. That's all I'm saying. I'm just trying to use the number. That's all I know. That's all I know. That's all I'm saying. 
saying. I'm, I'm not saying they should be the number one job. I'm not saying that. But they at least a top seven. So, Devon, trending. I mean, think about it. When Trussell was there for the eight, nine, ten years he was there, they lost in terms of recruiting. And Urban Meyer, considering <laughs> Urban Meyer's been there for a year and a half, and he ain't lost. So, in what direction? He losing something. He at number nine. He losing something. Okay, Devon. They were on probation. I'm talking about looking big picture, five-year projection. What trend do you see in terms of Ohio State recruiting? Do you see them staying at number nine? Do you see them going lower, or do you see them winning? What is that Michigan? Hope it's already turned around in one year. I'm saying he's already turned it around. I don't understand what the bias is with Michigan. It's the same thing as Ohio State. Marcus, uh, I need for you to answer. Yeah, Marcus, can you answer two this questions? Is, this, this, yeah, you okay, I got, I got for me. Yeah. Marcus, what city is the University of Michigan in? Ann Arbor. What city is Devon from? Ann Arbor. Thank you. We can move on. Hold on. I got. Uh, wait, 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 wait. I got a drop for that. I got a drop for that. I have a drop for that. He hit you with one of these, Devon. Aha. And I will say, and I will say, I'm going to ask all our listeners to Google the top, uh, the top uh, coaching jobs, and you won't find a list that won't have Michigan in the top seven. From anybody, for a lot of people who are hiding from the Midwest, who will rank and have them in the top seven. Google them. Don't trust me. Go out and look. I want winners. You won't have a list that won't have them in the top seven. And some of those people are from Florida. So, so Devon, Michigan was number eight on my list. <laughs> I agree <laughs> with you to a large extent. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, and you have a lot of folks who won't have Penn State. I'm not arguing Ohio State. I'm arguing Penn State. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, uh, no. Right now, if I was a coach, I would take the Michigan job over the Penn State job. Right now, no question. You toss the coin. <laughs> you toss the coin a hundred times. 50 times is going to be head, roughly 50 times is going to be tails. But guess what? 100 out of 100 times today I'm taking that Michigan job. If both of them are open and both of them offer. In five years, though, I think Penn State is going to be back where they were. And if I'm thinking about a program that I can build in terms of location, support, um, I'm picking Penn State. I am, based on their historical value and and just knowing I'm going to be able to win in Pennsylvania and the East Coast. That's they are who we thought they were. All right. We, we, we said it. I'm going to let it go. I'm, I'm going to let your people speak for me. I'm going to leave it alone. Your text message is about to rub. I'm going to let your people speak for me. I'm done. I'm going to let them We're going to have to take this to the street. We're going to have to take this to the street. It's going to be some smoke in the city. <laughs> I want to keep it rolling, though. You listen to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG, Renegade Radio, holding it down for you. Uh, we're going to transition and get into recapping the action, the week six action from the NFL. Uh, do so, I have to do my top three? Because I did mess with oh, 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 my, my bad, my bad. You know, because he's making the wings like... He weighs the wind. He's trying to make it to that no moss. You know, thirty for thirty now. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, all right, D. jump in. You got your, you got your bottom, you got your bottom three. This is your bottom three, seven through five. My bottom three. Uh, at seven, 
for the same reasons that y'all raised about Alabama, I have LSU. And the reason why is LSU's got everything you want, recruiting everything else, but them fans I still don't like Les Miles. Anybody who can give you as much as he's giving you and you still don't like him, I got to drop you just on He's grass. He's eating grass. So what? When you win as much as he can win, you should be bringing buckets of glass so he don't have to bend down to pick it up. You should be just giving him a uh, something that you should just give, have a little push bucket or something so just make it easy on him. You should have a stand where he can just reach over and grab the grass so he don't have to get himself dirty. So I got LSU there. At six, I have Florida State. I think for all the reasons y'all said, I think they have fertile recruiting ground. Um, I, I, the atmosphere, I talked about the stadiums, you know, both Tiger Stadium, uh, Bobby Bowden Field at Joe Campbell uh, is, is an incredible place to, to, to work. And when they get it rolling, they're in a conference that they can own, really. I think they got some other great teams there, but I think if Florida State is at the level it's at, it can own that conference and be in the running for uh, national championships. Uh, just on location, talent, tradition, all the things I said. Uh, number five, and a lot of this is because they're kind of the new money. They're the new money. They just now uh, broke their Rose Bowl 95-year drought. Uh, they, they own the marketing and branding game. Uh, they're like the dot-com football team. And now they're, we're just seeing whether or not it was Chip Kelly or it's something that's going to be part of their tradition. But I think Oregon, for all those reasons, is a great job. I got them at uh, at number five. Like I said, they're new money right now, so you never know how new money going to act when it got money. You know, you don't know. They not, they haven't quite moved to that expectation. You know, if the market get a little tough, they might panic and sell stock. So I'm not I'm not sure about them, but I love them as a program. And I would say, you know, depending on if they can get that elusive national championship, uh, if they can continue that success, they're the kind of program I, I think would bump higher up. Uh, because I think even though they don't have that recruiting fertile ground, they got they got something that young people like. They've done a good job of creating that that brand of a place where you want to play. Yeah, and see that's where I I, I flip it a little bit, flip your analogy of the dot com a little bit. Boise to me is the dot com. You know that that's the, that's the that's the that's the first version. That's that's the first big boom of a kind of a out of nowhere soon.
Um, what movie is that from? Oh, I'm like, that's right on top of my head. I cannot believe it. Wow. Wow, you guys are losing credibility like I am with Boise State right now. Wow. Uh, I know. You hear me on the whole that, you know, my mind, wow. is, my mind is cloudy right wow. now. Wow. Wow. Roger sold drugs to kids. It's chestnut checkers. That's a, yes. Yes. <sighs> wow. We're going to go to a commercial break. Um <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Resistance Digital Solutions. Are you tired of running to the boys in blue? Are you done with listening to sales staff trying to upstate technology that you don't need? We've all been there. So, what did the real sports guys do? We contacted Resistance Digital Solutions for all our technology needs. They are not there to meet sales quotas or make profit margins. They simply just want to sell you what you need at a fair price. From iPads to PCs to flat screens, TVs, or intricate home theater systems, they customize every solution based on your needs. Check out their website at www.resistancedigital.com or email them at sales at resistancedigital.com for your custom technology solutions today. Uh, All right, man, we back, man. I still don't know who why Roger sold drugs. <laughs> what am I missing, man? What am I missing? Wow. wow. Is it gonna smack me over the head once you once you give it to me? Yeah, it will. And, and and I almost don't even wanna. Wow. Wow. You gotta say it now. <sighs> wow. Um. Wow. Wow. Open your eyes, son. Can't you see? That man was your friend, and you killed him like a fly. Why is he my friend? Because he knows my first name? Roger sold dope to kids. The world's a better place without him. This man was a major violator in Los Angeles. This is a game. I'm playing with your beat. That's my job. That's your job. I watched that blank operating impunity over 10 years, and now I got him. This beat is chess. It ain't checkers. Man, I'm I'm, out. Colors? Minister Society. Wow, Society. Training day, guys. Training day. Training day. Training day. Roger. Oh, oh, oh. Breathe, dog. Breathe. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. No, no, no. Yeah, you got me hot on that Michigan thing, man. I couldn't even come back. No, no. See, I should have got that. I should have got that. That's the L on my part. I mean, you should really have my L. You're really disappointed. And I heard it. I just couldn't get it. I was like, where's that? I just knew it. Yeah, yeah. I deserve one of these. I cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that, that's You smoke me. crack, don't you? That's so <laughs> You smoke crack, exactly. don't you? <laughs> that's how I feel right now. That's one of those days, y'all. We will, we will, we will, we will pull it back together. Yeah, we will get it back together, man. We'll get it back together. We'll get it back wow. together. We'll get it back together right now. We gotta get it back together right now. I'll say this: Phil, you have a way of doing this with these lists, <laughs> with, with the top rap songs. You, you, you have a way of adding that that thing to the list that throws us off. 
And I'm, I'm looking for it. I, you, you come out of left field on me. <laughs> okay, so, so I'll give you, like, I'll give you the Boise State. The Boise State is like having uh, a coin that's gold plated, but it's not gold. I, I'll give that to you. <laughs> I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. And I'll also give you that the Penn State is a stretch. Um, and, and this is part of the Penn State. I probably wouldn't have had a problem if you would have had Michigan at seven and Penn State at, you know, <laughs> whatever. I mean, they're both on the list, and you could have, we could have argued about that. That would have, with Boise, Boise as the honorable mention. I might not have, I might not even noticed that, man. I would have had that higher up on the list. But when you had Boise on there and Penn State, I was like, hold up. So, but you, you amazed me. You bring the rationale. I was trying to follow the logic. I was following it. So you never see some majors with the list. I love these lists. Hey, hey P.A.Z., this is all I got to say about your Boise pick, man. It's the big one football. <laughs> 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 and Gary was trying to be Nice and polite. I can see that. He was trying to look at it from crazy angles. Trying to himself back, and then he came back with the left hook. <laughs> he was like, my street man, people listen to me. Uh, you know, I, I, I caught him with his hands down. I caught him with his hands down. Coming off the break. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have saw it open all the time. You should have saw my first run through the list. My first iteration, I had Alabama uh, below Penn State, and I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have some explaining to do. Right. You're going to have some explaining to do. All right, fellas, let's keep it rolling. We got right, something to right, say football. Roll. That was a great conversation. Listen to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG. Really gay radio. We're going to get into our week six NFL recap. So let, let, let's go ahead and get it jumping, fellas. All right. We got, we got to do this some quick and dirty. So every week we pick some games. We pick six games. We call it our six in the chamber. All right. We got our six games from last week. Whew, man. It was a rough week for the game changer. We had New Orleans versus New England. We had Green Bay versus Baltimore, Arizona versus San Francisco, Dallas versus Washington, uh, racial slurs. Uh, <laughs> we had uh, Oregon Ducks versus the Washington University Huskies, and LSU. Uh, who did LSU play last week? I don't even know. We all picked LSU anyway, so we all got a W on that one. Uh, Oregon and Washington. Me and uh, Devon went with Oregon. PhD took the L, picking Washington. Uh, PhD and, and, and Devon took Dallas. I took Washington Redskins, the, the Washington racial slurs, and uh, I lost there. Uh, me and PhD went Arizona versus San Francisco. All I'm trying to say is uh, D. Wills went six and zero last week, y'all. D. Wills wow. went six and zero. Round of applause. Round of applause, folks. Round of applause. Studio I'm bowing, folks. I'm bowing, folks. Studio audience clapping on D. Wills. D. Wills. Right. Round of applause. <laughs> David, make it clap. 
He went six and zero. PhD picked up a game on me going four and two, and I went a lowly three and three. A five hundred week for one of us is bad. All right, that's unacceptable. That's a forty degree day, right? That's right. a forty degree day. Don't nobody <laughs> talk about three and three. Ain't nobody talking about three and three. You know, cats go six and zero. Folks get the barbecuing and everything. <laughs> that's right. You know. That's right. But, but but ain't no ain't nobody ain't nobody celebrating a three and three. So right now, our uh, six in the Listen, chamber standing with about a little something practice. like this. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Right now, my man D Wills is running away with it. He's got he's up three games on me and PhD. He's at twenty six and ten. Twenty six and ten. Last week he put some distance on us. Uh me and PhD are in a tie at twenty three and thirteen each. So we gotta step it up this week. Uh let's get into the games though. All right, so that's where we sit in our standings. Um let's talk about these games. The first game I wanna get to New England versus New Orleans. A barn burner came down to a, a last second drive orchestrated by Tom Brady. He hits Kimbrell Tompkins in the end zone for a touchdown with five seconds to go on the clock. Uh, these are two of the best teams in the league, obviously. Uh, they battled each other. The first thing I want, I want to, when I'm talking about this, I want to focus on New England um, and, and what they've done out there. Um, it, Brady and Belichick seem to just continue to get it done. Brady, of all of the great quarterbacks, and we have this conversation about greatest quarterbacks ever, Brady's name is going to be brought up. And if you look at his supporting cast for most of his career, there's really no reason he should be in a conversation based upon who he's played with. Yeah. I don't know if you guys disagree with that, but I just feel like he just mm-hmm. had the tools. When you talk about Montana having a Jerry Rice, when you talk about Brett Favre having a litany of receivers that have come through Green Bay from Sterling Sharp to Robert Brooks, Antonio Freeman, all really solid, really, really solid, the great receivers. Um, Dan Marino had the Marks, uh, Super Duper, uh, Mark Clayton. He had those guys. Uh, Elway, he had the uh, was it Three Amigos. Was that what they was called yeah. um, mm-hmm. back in the day? So all those guys had receiving cores that were elite. At, at some point, their receiving core was amazing. You never give the anybody other than the year he had Moss, the year and a half where he had a, a, a right Randy Moss, would you ever give a nickname to any of Brady's receiving cores? Um, so how does he keep doing it? PAG, how does Tom Brady keep doing it? He's a Michigan guy. A oh, Michigan guy? That's for Devon. You, you can have that, Devon. <laughs> you got it, D. You know, it, it, he's a Michigan man. You know, no, I think you know. You know, one of the things that you know, if I heard Floyd Mayweather say, you know. The reason why uh, he's able to do what he's, what he's able to do is he he always enters enters the gym like it's the first time, like he has nothing. And there's something about elite players where they have the ability, regardless of all the luxuries around them and everything else, they have the ability in some way in their mind to take themselves back to the beginning to a zero zero. And and part of that just is fear of of Failing, and when you talk to Tom Brady or you hear him on interviews and things like that, he has such 
a fear that I think that was driven from his early days. I think sometimes he still sees himself as that six-round draft pick, and it keeps him on edge. And I think that's been the secret for Belichick's success, that no matter what they put around him, he has the same conductor, that this is a guy that's bright, has a great IQ. Um, he has the ability to get his teammates around him to to uh, to play. Um, he has a competitive instinct, even though he – uh, doesn't always have this great physical attributes. Um, and, um, you know, people just believe in him. And I just think that uh, when you when he goes up against other people, he just com- competes and they and he, he takes his game to another level. It's, it's surprising that the, the one person that's probably, probably had him, his number Super Bowl is Eli. But, but it's, 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 it's one of those things that just drives him. And I think he just enters every game every day not worried about his his where he fits in history. He just thinks about winning. He was just talking about that last night uh, before the before the Monday Night Football game. It was just his approach is he's not thinking about interceptions and things like that. He's thinking about what it takes to win. He's not thinking about patent stats and history. He just cares about winning. And I think you know you just in the in the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, the proof is definitely in the pudding. They're five and one. Um, possibly getting Gronk back. What do you think about this Gronk situation, PhD? You know, the guy. They, there's whispers coming out of the locker room that guys are mad because Gronk is practicing uh, and killing them in practice, but then he's not able to play in games. How do you feel about that? Huh. I go back and forth on that. I really do because at one point I think he needs to look out for self, especially when he's already had multiple surgeries, the team physician, and he's getting criticized for getting a second opinion. He's getting criticized for not playing because he's not 100% confident, you know, with his body and the ability not to get hurt again. Uh, these are all just, like, we don't know what's going on. And this is why I think the Patriots will always be relevant when Belichick is there. You don't get quotes. You you get hints and whispers, but you don't get quotes. And so, at the end of the day, Gronk's going to come back, and the Patriots going to be relevant. Right now, they're 5-1. and one. They're one of the best teams in football. And <laughs> when they do get Gronk back, watch out. Watch out. I The way that their defense is playing, I think when Brady gets another weapon, they're going to be fine. I, I, I don't think this is Derrick Rose. It's not. I don't like the comparisons that people have tried to make to kind of link the situation with Derrick Rose. Okay. Yeah, and that's why I kind of, you know, you you got to let guys come back when they're ready. Um, you know, you always hear the old adage that 90% of the game is, is, is mental, 10% physical. And if a guy is mentally, if his mind is not mentally on going out and competing full blast, full out, then he needs to get to that space before he, especially in a sport like football, um, that is so physical. You got to get in that space before you step on the court, point blank, period. Um, so <clears throat> that's how I feel about that. Uh, another game I wanted to touch on before we move on and get into the, get into some of the uh, other pieces of our recap. Um, Dallas versus Washington, uh, the Washington racial slurs um, is what I will forever call them from now on. Um, how can we, 
how can we uh, begin to to really think about where this season is going for the the Washington franchise? Um, you know, things just seem out of whack. Uh, D. Wills, you want to take a stab at explaining what's going on in Washington? I, I mean, it started for you know from how they handled McNabb. You know, you, you know how I feel about um, the um, the Shanahan's. Um, it's um, they they just have not you know Mike Shanahan. I'm going to say this in the nicest way, you know. Built a lot of his career on Elway. If you think about post Elway, I mean he's done some great things, but post Elway, he's had he's had his struggles to say the least, and um. And they have never just been on the same page. They are anti the opposite of New England. Everything is aired. Uh, RG3 is everywhere. I just think that they need to get control of that house, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, ownership that, you know, is wants to be on the field, wants to, as, as, as Shug used to say, wants to be all in the video. You know, they got all that kind of stuff going on. <laughs> and that doesn't lead to win. Team that wins, the owner you don't you don't hardly ever know who the owner is, and so they got it's just hard to know who's in charge sometimes. And RG3 always looks like he's running for president. They just need to dial him down. They need to figure out what their next move is going to do and really start to prepare for next season. Okay, and then there's the Dallas piece, and Dallas is Jekyll and Hyde um, like nobody's business. Uh, this is a squad that is is very talented, but you just don't know what you're going to get on a night-in, night-out basis, which uh, really makes it uh, difficult to gauge what this team is going to be. I mean, and, and it starts with the quarterback. You know, Romo snaps out one week and is just okay the next week. And you just quite don't know what, what you're going to get with him night-in and night-out, week-in, week-out. So, but Dallas right now is sitting sitting in the catbird seat in that division at three and three. You know, it's interesting. A lot of the national pundits were high on that division, and I think most of us felt like that was going to be a pretty mediocre division. Um, and it's played out as such. And no one, I think, none of us predicted that that uh, the Giants would be as bad. But the Eagles are, are decent. Um, the Redskins are, you know, about where we thought they would be. Um, with RG3 coming back, you know, it, it, we, we all, I think, kind of concede it's going to take some time for RG3 to get back to being the dynamic force that he was before. And then there's Dallas, um, who, you know, PAD and I were, were definitely out on, but you were definitely in on, uh, D-Wills. So, That's right. you know, you got, some, you got some props to collect on, on the Dallas pick right now. Um, but, you know, Dallas is going to do what Dallas is going to do, and Romo going to Romo. So, we don't see how that one ends up. You might not want. You might not want to. You might not want to get it going too quick. You might want to fall back for a little bit, lay in the cut for a moment. Right? Hell high. Uh, uh, that Romo's gonna Romo is 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 is, 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 is you know that's a hard position to to go after. It's got too much evidence yeah. behind. It. Yeah, man. There's, there's a lot. There's, there's a there's a there's a heavy data set behind that behind that uh that claim. Oh, uh, 
I want to get into new intel and impressive performance. I want to go through these quick and dirty so we can get into our picks for next week because okay. we're, we're, yeah. we're heading now towards the end of the show. So, new intel, PhD, what new information you got from last week? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Reaffirmed everything you believed? Yeah, nothing. All right, all right. D-Wheels, what you got last week? New intel. Um, San Francisco is beginning to, you know, round in the shape and start to stabilize. You know, we were, we're not sure. I mean, for a while we thought they were spiraling, but they, they began to try to right the ship. Okay. And, and, and the one I have is uh, Houston, we have a problem. Uh, things have gone way left in H-Town. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about a team that at the beginning of the season we were talking about Super Bowl contention, and now they're in a bad spot. I mean, they're in a bad spot, losing four straight games after starting two and zero. Um, quarterback is out for you know the foreseeable future right now, um, and you have a backup situation that is is not ideal. Um, it doesn't it doesn't instill confidence in anybody in that locker room. That that's that's trouble right there. That's trouble right there for a franchise whose window of opportunity was already um, kind of uh, tenuous. The 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 window was small uh, as, as guys start to age out in that in that in that franchise. When you talk about on the offensive side, Arian Foster and Andre Johnson kind of getting up there in years. Uh, they weren't going to be an elite offense for long. The defense is kind of on the other side of the coin where they're young. They're getting after, but if you don't got it, if the NFL doesn't tell you anything, if you don't got a quarterback, you ain't got a chance. And that's just the way it goes. Um, so impressive performance, fellas. Uh, PAZ, who you got for impressive performance from week six? I'm gonna go with Vincent Jackson. <laughs> and this cat just he shows flashes, but then he doesn't. And I've always been in his camp that it's more of the situation that he's in. It's more of the quarterback. So this past week he caught nine balls, 140-plus yards, and two touchdowns, and he looked like a dominant, dominant wide receiver. If Glennon is smart, he will try to get the ball to him as much as the defense allows him to. All right. We got a vote for Vincent Jackson. D. Will is your impressive performer from week six. Um, what I, I mean, what I like is, uh, and, and this is a rookie, and I, you know, I just want to continue to see him grow as a, a, a Lacey. I believe what he had 120 yards. Um, he averaged about 5.2 yards per carry. Um, but beginning to establish himself in that run game, and I think uh, for Green Bay to be successful over time, when they've been good, they've had this solid run game. And, you know, um, given the fact that he could have been a much higher draft, it's good to kind of see him beginning to catch um, some some steady on the road at Baltimore to get over 120 yards rushing. All right, my impressive performer, Cameron Newton, um, boy balled out, accounted for four touchdowns on the day, uh, had a great game against uh, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, really stepped up for that team. They needed a W. They went out and got it on his shoulder. So hats off to Cam Newton. All right, now I want to get into this week's picks. All right, so for this week, the games we're going to pick. First game we got is Cincinnati at Detroit. D. Wills, who you got? I'll go. I'm going to go with Cincy. All right. I like, uh, so I like Cincy, Cincinnati. on the road. 
And Cincy's been playing well. So I, I also am going to go Cincy on the road. I think that defense, it travels. That front seven is nasty. Um, and, and makes that secondary look away, look, uh, average secondary look really good. Uh, D. Wills, you back in the house? Oh, I, I, I was yelling Detroit basketball, but I kind of had, I was off air, but I was going Detroit. <laughs> oh, so you got, I, I was yelling, right. I was yelling, I thought I was on the air when I was yelling it. I, you know, nah, I, I didn't man, want to get you, you just yelling in your, you just yelling in your basement, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all! Uh, my whole neighborhood heard that one, but y'all didn't. All right, Detroit. The next game we got. The next game we got is Denver at Indianapolis. PhD, your pick. Who you got? I'm going Indy. I'm going Indy with the home team in the upset. Oh, the upset! I'm going Denver. Peyton's gonna show out. Uh, D. Wills, who you got? Best regular season quarterback ever. I'm going Denver. Here you go with that, mess. <laughs> Here you go with that mess. Every week, every week, you 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 and this greatest quarterback, regular season quarterback ever. All right. Uh, I'll go with I'll go first with this one. Dallas at Philly. I'm going Philly, man. Nick Foles um, did a great job of filling in for Mike Vick. Um, I think there may be some issues going forward in Philly with the quarterback controversy. They love that in Philadelphia. They love some controversy. Vic um, should get the job back. He did nothing to really say that he can't run that system and run it well. But Foles did look good. So, um, D. Wills, your pick. Oh, Dallas wow, this is a tough one. This, 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 is a, this is a trap game for a team like Dallas who should win this. Um, I'm going Dallas. All right. PhD, who you got? Hmm. I went back and forth with this one. I'm gonna go Philly at home. All right. So then for our last NFL game, and then we we'll get into our two college games. We got Houston trying to get back on track and trying to make something make something out of the season. You know, if they can get to three and four, that'd be real helpful. They do not want to go two and five, so they're going into Kansas City was undefeated. Going into Arrowhead, uh, D. Wills, who you got? I, I think Arrowhead has his swagger back. Um, I, I, I think Kansas City's going. It just this is this is going to spiral. I think Kansas City's going to get Houston. Okay, PhD. Not so fast, my friend. I'm going Houston on the road, getting the road, mm. like getting the getting the train back on track. Okay. This one was tough for me, but I'm gonna go Kansas City. Um, it's hard to see them at seven and zero, but I just think Houston is reeling right now, um, and not possibly not having Shab. I think you know when you're when you're reeling, you need to you need to starter in there. You can't you can't go to the backup and expect them to help you get on no, track. No, Shab is certainly out this week. I think so. I, I haven't <laughs> seen anything definitive, but I don't think he's playing this week. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Come back to me at the end of the show. I need to uh, do a little research here. <laughs> do a little research. Yeah. All right. And here are two college games. Well, I'm gonna start you off with this college game, and then you can come, and then you can go do your research. Our first college game, we got UCLA at Stanford. Pac-12 battle. Two ranked teams. Two hot teams in the Pac-12. Who you got, PhD? I'm going with Stanford. All right, I'm going UCLA in the upset on the road. I'm I'm, I'm going big. 
You going big on that one. D. Wills, who you got? Oh, wow, this is a tough one. I, I'm, I'm going to go – I'll go with Stanford at home. Um, I think it's going to be a, a close game, but I, I think Stanford uh, at home is going to be tough. All right. And then the next game we got, we got number five, Florida State, at number three, Clemson. A top five battle, ACC showdown. What you got? Uh, this is on UD Wills. What you got? Oh, I'm sorry, this is my pick first. This is my pick first. I'm going with – ooh, I'm going with Jameis. I'm riding with Jameis. I'm riding with Jameis Winston on this one. Who you got, D. Wills? Wow. <laughs> you picked two good games. Uh, yeah. I'm going with, uh, if this was Bobby Bowden, I, you know, I had to go with them Seminoles, but I think Clemson at the crib. I'm going with Clemson. You're going with Dabo. <laughs> That's right. I'm going with Dabo. You got to start talking that junk. <laughs> and PhD, who you got? Uh, I'm I'm uh, changing the lineup card. I'm gonna go with uh, Kansas City against Houston. It looks like Shab is very doubtful early in the week. So uh, all right, I got you. I got that one documented. And then I'm gonna go with Florida State. I believe the winner of this game plays in a national championship. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Wow. So you think wow, an ACC team? You think an ACC yep. team gets in over a, a Pac-12 squad? Yeah, I think Oregon is going to slip up. Mm, okay, big prediction. Big prediction right there. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Well, fellas, we got some patient bills, and we'll come back with the dog of the week. So let's, let's, let's go ahead and do it. Now we're going to get into our Resistance Digital dog of the week. Resistance Digital Solutions. Are you tired of running to the boys in blue? Are you done with listening to sales staff trying to upsell you technology that you don't need? We've all been there. So, what did the real sports guys do? We contacted Resistance Digital Solutions for all our technology needs. They are not there to meet sales quotas or make profit margins. They simply just want to sell you what you need at a fair price. From iPads to PCs to flat screens, TVs, or intricate home theater systems, they customize every solution based on your needs. Check out their website at www.resistancedigital.com or email them at sales at resistancedigital.com for your custom technology solutions today. All right. Resistance Digital Dog of the Week, fellas. We got to get it going. PhD. Man, you, you heard the man say it before. We need more dogs. Continuing with my theme of being coming out from right field or the parking lot in the show, my dog of the week are the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're oh. Pre- <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> the Jags were predicted. To, they had the largest spread in, in NFL history. They were predicted to lose by more than four touchdowns, 29 points. And they only lost by 16. I think they showed up. They made it a game in the first half where people were talking about Peyton Manning might not play the whole second half. And to me, they showed some fight. They showed some fight. I want winners. So they had a moral. win the game. (laughs) They They had a moral victory. 
Like Jerry Jones says, it was Hello. a moral victory. You play to win the game. Got More victories, more victories of high school sports. <laughs> when you get in the check, ain't no more victories. You go six and zero against these two guys. They're picking games. I might not ever do it again. I'm giving myself the dog of the week. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Nice work. Hey. Yeah. I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. Put your warm up on the back, y'all. Deal. What you want to do? Good job. Good work. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Well done. Well done, PhD. Well done. <laughs> well done. Effective use. Effective use of wire port right there. Effective use. Uh, wow, my dog the wire. Week. No, we got to stop. The wire. Come on, man. Yeah, man. I'm getting some yeah. attention looking at me. What do you want me to say? Keep up the good work. The wire? Kings of comedy, man. Kings of comedy. Kings of Comedy. That happened in a wire too, though, man. Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. Wow. No, I'm just off then, man. I'm just off yeah. then. I'm just yeah. off then. Wow. I'm just off. So, anyway, my dog of the week is Greg Oden. Yeah, my boy Greg Oden. Got through his first <laughs> full practice in like 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Gio, man. Get it going, finally. Get it going. I might root for the Heat just just because of Greg. Hey, <laughs> come on. We'll take you. I might root for the Heat just to see Greg go get some shine, man. But uh, if yeah, I, shout if out I to recall, Greg. If, if, if I recall, you probably had Greg Oden at least three times a dog of the week. We got we got to go back and track that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute though. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. I think I had him after the first knee surgery. <laughs> and then right. I caught him after the second. <laughs> and I ain't messed with him for a minute. The <laughs> started talking about his ceiling. My man's ceiling kept getting lower and lower and lower. <laughs> well, you know, with the right coaching, he could be a poor man's uh, John Concack. Right. It's between uh, Greg Oden and T Mac. Sometimes I just don't understand. I'm trying to figure you out. Hey, you know I mean, Greg, Greg Oden and T Mac. I actually, I actually wrote quite a long paper about T Mac. Man, I got something for y'all when we had that conversation. So just, just be on the lookout for that one. That one's coming. I that one's coming. I, mean, I got Greg Oden Greg Odenes went from having a ceiling of Patrick Ewing uh, to John Sally at this point. <laughs> maybe he can. Maybe he. Maybe, maybe he, he can have half of John Sally's off the court career back. There you go. There you go. Ooster tag. Or oh something. man, Ooster tag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we hoping we can get the Mark Eaton minutes out of him. 
Uh, well, that's another edition of the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG, Renegade Radio. We're signing off for the week. Check in next week, same time, same place, 8.30 to 10, Blog Talk Radio. Make sure you download that podcast. Check you next week. We out. Peace. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.